Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and heading into the Giants Week 12 matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's time for us to talk to Brandon Lee Gouton of SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on. Ed, uh, thanks for having me. As always, you know, we've been working together now for like eight years, going back or so, <laughs> heading back to, to 2013. So it's been a long time now. It's, it's always a, a good time. It's a big game here, you know, for the Eagles. It's only the Eagles' second division game of the entire season, and it's it's late November. So uh, exciting one. Yeah, it's crazy how the NFL does that. They they backload all the division games. I think the Giants have only played two. They played they played Dallas early in the season, and then they played Washington once. So it it, it is all backloaded and, and and crazy. I just uh, I wish the Giants were were playing a little bit better heading into this one. Uh, I do not. I'm fine with where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I I I knew I knew that you would be, and and, and I have to ask. All right, sure. let's actually let's actually start there. Um I think I was afraid heading into the season that we were all going to underestimate Jalen Hurts and that we were all going to underestimate the Eagles and and you know Nick Sirianni had a weird sort of opening press conference and we were all going to snicker at Nick Sirianni. It, and I was afraid that that things were going to work out okay for the Eagles and that that They'd come out of the season, you know, sort of pointed in the right direction. And what we've seen in the last four weeks is an Eagles team that's won three times, a quarterback that seems to be playing pretty well, an offense that I think is scoring 34 and a half points over the last four games. Um, so, I mean, is, is this a mirage or, or, are there really good things going on with the Eagles right now? I think uh, I wouldn't use the word mirage for sure, because I think that would be taking too much credit away from a team that is playing good football. And, you know, they're not, you know, playing the top teams in the NFL by any means. They're not playing any elite quarterbacks, the quarterbacks they've faced over the past four weeks in those games where Jared Goff and uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Trevor Simeon, those are the ones they beat. They lost to Justin Herbert. Now, of course, Mm. that game went down you know to the wire it was a respectable performance three-point loss in the last uh, second field goal um so the team on the whole is playing better they've really established an identity on offense which is really running the football and uh playing to the strengths of their offensive line and limiting the amount of time Jalen hurts has to throw and kind of taking advantage of his mobility which is really the offense that people thought the eagles were kind of going to run the whole season heading into this year but uh, for whatever reason, they kind of just were really pass happy early in the year. And that didn't really work out so well because Jalen Hurts isn't really as good of a passer to kind of be able to handle those huge uh, amount of dropbacks per game. And obviously they had to play some tougher quarterbacks on the, the front end of their schedule. And that certainly didn't help uh, their defense, which has been not really good at all against good quarterbacks. They're, they're allowing over five quarterbacks this year to complete 80% of their passes, which is just a crazy number. Um, but this team seems to be heading in the right direction. They're taking advantage of these teams, the bad quarterbacks. And, you know, it's one thing to just kind of be eking by bad teams, but they're really like putting a beat down on lesser teams. So I feel like you have to give them credit for that. 
So you you talked about Jalen Hurts a little bit. Where are you on Hurts at this point? This is his first you know year as the as the guy as the number one quarterback. And you know you talked about the Eagles really you know being run heavy. But where are you on Hurts in terms of thoughts on you know whether or not this guy can be you know an answer for Philly for the for the next several years? Yeah, I think the way it's trending right now, especially with the Eagles having this really favorable schedule down the stretch, they literally have the league's easiest schedule remaining uh, the rest of the way. I think Jalen Hurts is kind of trending in a way where it's looking like he might be the quarterback next year. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the Eagles are going to sign him to a long-term contract extension because, you know, he's not eligible even until after next season. So, and I think the jury is still out on him when it comes to him being that kind of franchise quarterback for years and years to come, because while the Eagles are having offensive success right now, I feel like there has to be a point at some point where, I mean, the Eagles did just, put up 242 yards against the number one run defense at the NFL. The Saints are only allowing like 79 per game. So, uh, you know, they're running the ball well, but I feel like at some point, some defense is going to come up here and really like be able to kind of put a clamp on this run game and then kind of really ask Jalen Hurts to carry the team with his arm. I mean, in the last four games, Jalen Hurts is attempting 19.5 pass attempts per game. Like that's, that's such a low number, like an average amount of like in a given game for a quarterback is like 36. So that's crazy. Um, I, I just think at some point Jalen Hurts is going to have to show more with his arm. I feel like, you know, the Eagles can't just be running forever. I feel like they're going to have to pivot at some point, um, not necessarily into a full passing team, but at some point in a game against a, a better quarterback, against a better team, against a better defense, like they're going to have to do that uh, for now. Now, they don't have to do that because their schedule is really easy. So I think Jalen Hurts really can't necessarily prove he's like the long-term guy this year. And they don't have to make that decision, like I said, anyway. But uh, I think he's playing his way into being the starter next season at the very least. And since we're talking about long-term guys and, and whether certain guys are the answer, let, let's talk about, uh, about you know, first-year coach Nick Sirianni a little bit. Pretty surprising hire, at least uh, at least from where I sit. Um, a little bit like the Giants did with Joe Judge a year before. Maybe hired a guy that that wasn't on a lot of radars at that point in time. A guy who maybe people thought, oh, he might be a head coach eventually, but it's still, but it's early. Um, just you know, thoughts on on Sirianni, what he's bringing to the table, and and whether you think uh, whether you think he's going to be around for a while. Yeah, I I've been pretty in the middle on Nick Sirianni uh, heading into the season and everything. Really willing to give him a chance. I didn't really think that like the biggest issue with the 2020 Eagles was just the coaching. I think there were a lot of bad personnel decisions too, which is also why Howie Roseman has faced a lot of heat from fans. Um, so uh, I was willing to give Sirianni a chance though. And I think again, he came in earlier in the season, didn't really look like the Eagles knew what they wanted to do exactly. Didn't really end up playing to their strengths when all we heard was Nick Sirianni say in the off season about how it's about players, not plays um so it took a while but the Eagles did shift to this you know running run heavy offense one of the run the run uh, the, uh, heaviest run offense in the nfl and it's working right now and uh i think one of the biggest testaments to a good head coach as something we saw with doug peterson in philly was 
their ability to kind of bring the team back from a point of adversity. Cause you're always going to face adversity for the most part through the course of a season, unless, you know, maybe you're like the Patriots and you're winning every single game every year when you have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But for the most part, teams are going to hit, have adversity and the Eagles had that. And they were two and five after getting blown out by the Raiders. And there were a lot of people thinking myself included that the Eagles might lose to the lions, the winless lions at the time. And they didn't, and they've turned things around since then. And they seem to be trending in a positive direction. So I feel like I have to give Sirianni credit for, you know, the team not falling apart there and the offense coming together Um, still has a lot to prove in terms of, you know, being like a championship caliber head coach and whatnot. But at the, at the very least, it seems like the arrow is pointing up on him right now. All right. So let's talk about, uh, what is probably still a sore point for some New York Giants fans. And that's going back to uh, going back to the draft and going back to, to the Eagles jumping the Giants who are at number 11, jumping the Giants to, to get up to number 10, doing that with, with another NFC team that we don't have to talk about, but uh, jumping up and taking Devonta Smith, a guy that, that a lot of people thought, you know, would be the guy that the Giants would take there at 11. And let, let me say this before, you know, before you talk about, you know, what you think of Smith and what he's bringing to the Eagles, the Giants moved down to number 20, made a, a much debated pick in taking Kadarius Toney. And now Kadarius Toney working around some injuries. Kadarius Toney has been very good. Kadarius Toney leads the Giants, who've had a banged-up receiving core. He leads the Giants in receptions, targets, and yards. Now, Devonta Smith has him beaten in all of those categories, but I liked the trade that the Giants made. You can see the potential of why they liked Kadarius Toney in that spot, and I, I think he could be if he can stay healthy. A, a really good player for a long time. I don't think you really know what the Giants get out of this trade until we see what they do with the with the the first round pick they got from the Bears, you know, in, in the 2022 draft. But but with all of that preamble, how good has Devonta Smith been for the Eagles, and, and how glad are you guys to have him? Uh, he, Devontae Smith is exactly who I did want the Eagles to draft. So I was very happy when they got him. I thought that for a team that has struggled to draft a receiver, a good receiver, especially early on, like to give you the context here prior, uh, well, the only contract that Harry Roseman has ever given out to a wide receiver that he drafted since he's been the GM was Riley Cooper which is terrible. <laughs> that's not, that's not a really a, a good measure of success there. So my argument was like the Eagles need to draft a receiver. And this is why I wanted Justin Jefferson last year, who is not any kind of like project or high upside guy, like, you know, in theory, kind of like what they did with Jalen Rager last year, they need to draft a guy who's proven and, you know, can play at a high level. And it, like it's proven they can do that in college. And obviously taking the Heisman winner, uh, was a good strategy. And I think Devonte Smith has been really, really good. And I honestly believe that he would be having maybe not exactly the success that Justin Jefferson had last year, but closer to that, 
um, if the Eagles were more of a pass, normal passing offense, which they're not, um, he's been really efficient these past couple of weeks. Again, like the Eagles aren't really running a high volume passing offense. So he's not going to be posting like these huge numbers um, when they're not throwing the ball all that much. I, like I told you, Jalen Hurts, again, 19.5 pass attempts these, these four weeks. So you're just not going to see like these monster games on the stat sheet, but he's been really, really good. Like Devontae Smith is an excellent route runner. He's always getting open. I've been saying that consistently throughout the season, like the Eagles aren't targeting him enough. They should be giving him like 10 targets a game, like force feed the ball to that guy. He is really, really good. I think he's a complete receiver. He's a number one option. Um, I've seen some of Tony and I think he's looked better than I expected. And I do think that trade the Giants made was really critical and you know if the season ended today they'd get the seventh overall pick from the bears so it's looking good and i think the bears are only headed for more losses uh moving forward <laughs> so uh i think it kind of worked out for both sides um but yes I- i'm definitely happy with Devonte smith i would be as well if i was you and you know but i think i think the giants in the end did well in this trade although you know Devonta smith would would look nice catching passes from from daniel jones as well so uh but, you know, and, and, and we're going to hate trying to have to cover him on Sunday. So we'll see, we'll see how that yes. goes. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Sunday. This is a game in MetLife stadium. Giants are technically the home team, but, and I have to admit that I'm, I'm getting tired of this. It seems like every single year, we get a Giants Eagles game somewhere toward the end of the season, and what we see in MetLife Stadium because the Giants are 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 heading toward another miserable finish. We see more Eagles jerseys in the stands than we see Giants jerseys in the stands, and so I'm expecting to see that again on Sunday. And let me ask you this: Is it just you know up the road? To, to East Rutherford that where Eagles fans seem to travel so well, or did they travel well everywhere? It's really everywhere. I think you see it all around. Um, and I, like, if I'm not mistaken, they haven't lost or maybe I forget off the top of my head, but they've been way better on the road this year than they have at home. They didn't get their first home win until Sunday against the saints. So um, there is usually a decent amount of midnight green in the stands. And I feel like that's going to definitely be the case here, uh, not only given the proximity, but just like the juice around this team too. Obviously the Eagles were really bad last year and now things seem to be on the upswing and there's excitement. So I definitely think, you know, there's going to be even more of an effort uh, to get out to the Meadowlands uh, by Eagles fans and show up on Sunday. Yeah. It's always funny because I, it's a two and a half hour drive for me to get to games, you know, down the New York state throughway, and, and I always, you know, I stop at a rest stop, you know, once or twice along the way. And, and I always check the, the jerseys, you know, I, I look for giants jerseys. I look for opponents jerseys. A couple of weeks ago, I saw a couple of Raiders jerseys, but, but I'm going to guess that, that when I stop on the throughway Sunday morning, I'm going to see Eagles jerseys all over the place. Yeah. There's probably going to be a decent amount. Um, I remember, I guess this is back when Eli was still there. Uh, or I, I, I don't remember when it was now, but I remember like the Giants having some issues and, and having to go silent count at home at MetLife because there were like a bunch of Eagles fans at the stand. So uh, that could be another issue on Sunday. 
What will be an issue on Sunday? Let's let's hope uh, let, let's hope we don't have to resort to silent count in in MetLife. But what will be an issue on Sunday is the fact that the Giants scheduled the retirement ceremony for the retirement of Michael Strahan's jersey on this Sunday when they're playing the Eagles, which might have looked like a good idea back. You know, when they when they scheduled it because the rivalry with Strahan, you know, and the Eagles was was always, you know, pretty hot and heavy. But and I know you don't share this sentiment because we talked about it off the air already, but I kind of feel bad for Strahan when it comes to Sunday, because they're going to they're going to roll out the platform and they're going to introduce him and they're going to do this nice video and and, and he's going to step up to the podium on his retirement on his for his jersey retirement ceremony and he's going to get booed yeah that's going to happen <laughs> i don't know so so i i mean i think that michael strahan and his sense of humor and and the kind of person he is i think he'll handle it i think he'll sure. handle it with grace i think he'll have some uh, some some remarks you know, directed toward Eagles fans specifically, but I still do kind of feel bad for him. I'm just curious. Uh, think back to Strahan's playing career, you know, if you can, and some of the battles that he had with the Eagles, and just just your thoughts on uh, on Michael Strahan, the player. Well, I think it's kind of funny that uh, Strahan, you know, his this is happening this season when uh, John Runyon just entered the Eagles Hall of Fame uh, earlier this year. Um, I think that was against the the, the Bucks when they were playing them. Um, so that's kind of funny, you know, like some good synergy there because those guys were obviously rivals. That's that's honestly what I think about when I think about Michael Strahan is I think about John Runyon. And I remember seeing all the battles that those guys had um, and not necessarily too at the most like prototypical like side, like you always think of like, you know, left tackle versus defensive end as like the premier matchup, but you know, these guys were on the other side. And, uh, I think the fun thing about that rivalry was it actually was a rivalry in terms of like, it wasn't one-sided one, where one player was dominating like every single matchup. I think Runyon, you know, had his fair share of games where he won out and then straight hand, the same thing. And I think it's kind of funny too, the, the respect that those guys uh, like ended up forming for each other um, and, and having to go against each other. And honestly, I think they would probably both tell you that they made each other better having to go up against each other all the time. Um, so I, that's what I always think about when I think about straight hand, obviously, you know, contributing to the Super Bowl uh, as well. It was really big. Um, Super, was he there for both Super Bowls or just the one? Just the one. Uh, yeah, okay, just, just the, the one. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. The thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Runyon because when you when you mention you know John Runyon, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Strahan, and I'd have to go look for it again, but I do believe that Strahan said that Runyon was you know perhaps his toughest opponent to to yeah. play against. Which uh, that that sounds about right because I think when you just think about playing style too, like John Runyon had you know this reputation for being like you know like a nasty offensive like you know like kind of dirty like really physical like like grind you out like maybe even if he wasn't having the best game you'd still have to earn everything against him and maybe he's kind of like you know hitting you after the play too like he's not just uh, it's never just easy and freebie against him mm-hmm. so uh, that sounds about right. 
Yeah. So listen, let's finish up on this note, Brandon. I know, you know, if I asked you for a prediction, I know what you're going to do. And if you ask me for a prediction, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do. So I've been, I've been shying away from doing that in some of these crossover shows, but you know, but what I'm going to ask you is this. And I, I, you know, we talked so much about the Eagles and the run game and the way they want to play offense. If, if the giants are going to win on Sunday, what is that going to look like? What are they going to have to do? I, I know you're probably going to talk about, you know, about forcing Jalen Hurts to throw the ball 35 times or, or thereabouts, but what are the Giants going to have to do on both sides of the ball if they're actually going to come out of MetLife with a win on Sunday? Yeah, so, I mean, I think it, it that is the number one thing. I mean, I'm looking here at the Giants run defense and it's 30th and DVOA, so I can't say, you know, it's the most easy thing to do, and I don't think it's it's clearly just not as good as it was last year when it was more respectable. But, um, you know, Jordan Howard being out for this game, likely, uh, I think is a big deal for the Eagles because he's been really good in this stretch when the Eagles have been running the ball, and what Jordan Howard offers to the Eagles isn't necessarily, you know, a home run threat but he consistently gets positive yardage and that keeps the Eagles on schedule. So they're not facing, you know, second and long third and long. Um, so him being out, is a big deal. I think if, you know, Miles Sanders is leading the way and Miles Sanders has had some fumble issues. He almost had two last week. He had one uh, that did count and gave the ball to the saints at the six yard line. And then another that uh, got blown dead by, you know, uh, yeah, forward progress, but, Again, he lost control of the ball, so not what you want to see, even if the play resulted in the Eagles keeping it. Uh, so I think, you know, Miles Sanders could be caught either fumbling or kind of dancing around a little bit too much. And if the Eagles can kind of, you know, get like a tackle or the Giants can get like a tackle for loss or two on some of those and kind of get the Eagles off schedule and indeed making the uh, passing game more of a, uh, of a thing for the Eagles and trying to make uh, Jalen Hurts carry the Eagles offense with his arm. I think that's, uh, uh, you know, the, the formula there. Um, I think uh, offensively uh, for the Giants, I it's hard for me to say that I have a lot of faith in this Eagles defense against like really good quarterbacks because they've gotten, they've, they've been destroyed by them again, like five games of 80% plus completion. Uh, the, those quarterbacks, are averaging over like 33 points per game against the Eagles, but they've taken care of the lesser ones. Um, so I, I have a lot of confidence in this defense of being able to limit the damage that, you know, Daniel Jones and this offense can do. Now, that being said, I will say that Jason Garrett not being the Giants offensive coordinator anymore is an interesting wrinkle because I think he was so bad that I kind of don't even care who's replacing him. That person is probably better than him, or at least has a chance to be better than him. So I think that's an interesting wrinkle uh, for the Giants offensively. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup uh, just because it's a division game and the Eagles have been rolling. Um, I, I don't think they're overlooking this team. Um, I think they'd be remiss to, to do that. Um, but, you know, I feel good about the Eagles. I do think there's a path for the Giants to, to pull off an upset here. Um, but I feel pretty confident just the way with this, this Eagles team is kind of rolling right now. Just be, be afraid of Freddie Kitchens. Be very afraid. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of think that's, that's advice for Eagles fans maybe, and, and maybe also advice for Giants fans as well. <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> there has been good and bad in Freddie Kitchens' play-calling past. So... Mm -hmm. We'll see how this works out. I do know that he's a guy that's got a long history with Joe Judge. And, and Joe probably 
in his heart of hearts, this is probably a move that, that he, that he wanted to make earlier. And, and he might be more comfortable with, with kitchens. We'll just have to see how it works out anyway, Brandon, thank you very, very much. And uh, good luck on Sunday, although hopefully not too much good luck. It would be nice to see the Giants actually win a game against the Eagles in, in, in MetLife and, and maybe have a chance not to have a, a double-digit loss season again. So, But we'll, we'll see what happens, and I'm sure we'll be looking at a lot of Eagles jerseys. So, so we'll, be, we'll be talking to you uh, maybe again in a, in a few weeks when, when the Giants and Eagles do this again. Of course, and uh, I, I know maybe Joe, that the one thing I didn't mention is the X factor of Joe Judge really wanting this game. Apparently, maybe after you know the the whole Week Seventeen tanking uh, controversy last year uh, and not helping the Giants get into the playoffs, so maybe maybe that's working in their favor too. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely see each other soon. Well, six and ten teams don't belong in the playoffs anyway. Well, so I agree. It, it, it is what it is anyway. Thank you very, very much. And Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to uh, take care of each other, stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.